We left off looking at, uh, starting and looking at the prophets, I believe, or prophecy. And we we're on page eight and looking at some of the characteristics of these prophets coming up. Um, now, what we tried to develop last week was the fact that God has spoken through people even before there were prophets and, well, mostly directly to people. And so you saw him having direct interactions uh, with Adam, with uh, Cain and Abel, uh, and with others that we uh, didn't go into extensive detail to note. But uh, you can also see that he directly talked to Noah uh, prior to the flood. Uh, And so he had these direct interactions. But on the other side of things, you see him interacting through people. And this is where uh, prophets come into play, and he's telling things that are going to happen. Uh, Now, what are some of the characteristics of these prophets that we see? Uh, Well, they provided information from God uh, to impart to men regarding action that is taking or will take place. And you see this uh, in Scripture. But um, before we go into it, let's bow in a word of prayer, and we'll get started. Father, we're grateful for this day and uh, grateful for the grace that you provided to us. Uh, Grateful that you did provide people uh, to say what was going to happen or what was going on. And uh, in that, you got your message across. But we understand uh, that in these times, uh, we have your word and we have, as Scripture says, a a more sure uh, word concerning prophecy. And so we're grateful uh, that you provided all of this to us and that uh, by it we're able to... uh, Uh, know uh, what our future holds. As uh, people often say, uh, we read the end of the book and we know how it's going to end. And so we're grateful for that uh, comfort that you provided to us. Grateful that uh, the church uh, did develop over time and we can see a lot of that uh, development throughout the book of Acts. And as we continue through this study, we just pray that you would uh, open our eyes to the the truth that uh, lies within your word. For it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. All right, and so over in Second uh, Peter chapter one verse two. Sir, yes. They didn't have paper, so I accidentally shut it off. Oh, okay. I'll print it again. Yeah. No, it's okay. Should be going now. All right, and so in First Peter, excuse me, Second Peter, one in verse twenty, again we see that. Uh, uh, these prophets provided information from God to impart to men. Uh, huh? Okay. Is it? It's rolling? Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought I was going to have to send it again. <laughs> All right. The theory worked. No, it didn't work. <laughs> yeah. All right, and so... Uh, let's pick this up in verse 15, uh, and he talks about here, uh, and, and we're kind of looking at this in the book of Second uh, Corinthians, where you see these Corinthian saints had a little bit of trouble with messages and where they were coming from. And uh, on our Bible study on Wednesday, remember, uh, they're having trouble deciphering what message is the correct message. Is the message that's coming from Paul, or is it the message that's coming from these false teachers? Uh, and here you have it uh, with these false prophets, and he'll get into that in chapter 2. Uh, but you see a little bit of it alluded to in chapter 1. But he says in verse 15, Moreover, 
I will endeavor that you may be able after my decease to have these things always in remembrance. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Now, uh, it's amazing when you can have a person that speaks to that and we read through this and just uh, and maybe not everybody, but someone could read through this and just say, oh, it's just eyewitnesses of his majesty. These are just uh, good platitudes to say. No, but we can remember back to what he saw on the Mount of Transfiguration, right? He saw the Lord in part of his glory unveiling that uh, and it was able to be seen. And so he's not just whistling Dixie when he says uh, we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. In verse 17, for he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him uh, from the excellent glory. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven, we heard when we were uh, with him in the holy mount. Uh, and again, I would cross reference Matthew 17 there. We have also a more sure word of prophecy whereunto you uh, do well to take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your heart. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is from any private interpretation for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So you see, even in the Old Testament, when these prophecies came about, it was not just men just getting up and saying, oh, I think God is saying this to me today. Or as we see people calling themselves prophets today and just coming up with all kinds of projections uh, that are very general. <laughs> no, they're very specific things that the Holy Spirit would come upon these prophets and lead them to say concerning the future events that were going to happen or something that was happening during that time and it would come to be or come to pass. Uh, we're going to see uh, also as we continue on with this that there's very strict guidelines to being a prophet. Now, people can call themselves prophets today and they give these prophecies and they don't come true. There's not anybody out there waiting to stone them <laughs> to, to do something as a result of them uh, being wrong on their projections. These prophets had to get it right. They had to say this came from God, say what was going to happen, and that thing better come to pass, right? Um, well, maybe we should, uh, for these ones that are calling themselves prophets now, uh, gather up a, a rock group to, <laughs> to stone them if they're not correct. No, I don't, don't want to go to jail or put anyone else there. <laughs> and so we see this with prophets. Now, the gift of prophet uh, uh, from God was from God rather than personal affirmation. And so we see a couple of places where uh, you see that it's a spiritual gift over in uh, Romans chapter 12 and verse 6. Romans chapter 12 and verse 6. Now this is listed with these gifts that are given um and and again we've established that some of these gifts were given but we're going to also see that they were of a part they weren't the whole uh, uh picture of what god was doing as far as revelation 
Uh, and so we'll we'll get into that a little bit later. But pick it up in verse three. It says, for I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath uh, dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ and every one members of another, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Uh, and so he goes on to list other gifts there and, and the function of that gift and how you're supposed to use it. Now, remember, uh, we talked about the fact that, and we've talked about it many times, that we're all part of one body, right? And we all are different in our function and what we provide to the body. But we're all part of that same body. And it's the Holy Spirit that's energizing through each one of us to work uh, here specifically with the gift of prophecy. But we also see over in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 20, or excuse me, verse 10, that this is listed as a gift. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 10. Now, I've called attention to this uh, several times, but as you uh, work your way to chapter 13, this is a good place to start when you're thinking about the love chapter and understanding why he uh, was speaking about love in the way that he was. He was speaking about love on the basis that these people were not functioning in their gifts in the right way. They were uh, hoity-toity, I've got this gift and you've got that little gift down there. And, and they weren't using them correctly to produce love, which is the purpose of, of any of our gift. It's not to get up here and to look good in front of everyone. And I don't know how good or bad I look when I get up here, but uh, you guys be the judge of that. But as I'm speaking, it's supposed to be to edify you guys. And I should be studying and doing what I'm doing so that I bring forth something that's useful to you. It has nothing to do with me and how I look in front of people. And that goes the same for any other gift. Your spiritual gifts that you use are not to make yourself look good. And this is what they were doing. I can speak in tongues. So they would just speak in tongues when it, what, there wasn't even a purpose for it so that they can show off in front of other people. Uh, and that is not the way that it's supposed to be done. Pick it up in verse eight. He says here for uh, to one is given the spirit or by the spirit, the word of wisdom to another, the word of knowledge by the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another gifts of healing by the same spirit to another, the working of miracles or, or powers to another prophecy to another discerning of spirit to another divers or various tongues to another interpretation of tongues. But all these work that one and self-same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all members of that, uh, of that one body being many are one body, so also, really here, uh, you could supply it there if you haven't already, is the Christ. Not just Christ. He's not talking about Christ the person. He's talking about the Christ, the entity which is Christ at the head and us as the body uh, and functioning within that role. And so you see prophecy outworking is one of those. Now, prophecies uh, confirmed in time uh, 
had consequences for inaccuracies, and we're going to see that in the Old Testament. Uh, but uh, let's look at the next point, prophecy under law. And so prophets, prophets were tested uh, for, the accurate, for their accuracy according to the word uh, known to have been spoken by God. Go with me over to Deuteronomy chapter 13, verse 1. Deuteronomy, that word has the idea of uh, deutero meaning second and, and namas meaning law. It actually means the second giving of the law. And so you see here uh, in this second giving of the law, some uh, clarification brought to things. And here in chapter 13, uh, we see this concerning prophets. Pick it up in verse one. It says, if there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, and giveth thee a sign or a wonder. And the sign or wonder come to pass, whereof he spake unto thee, saying, Let us go after other gods which thou hast not known, and let us serve them. Uh, thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God proveth you uh, to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. You shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice. And you shall serve him and cleave to, unto him. And that prophet or dreamer of dreams shall be put to death because he hath spoken to turn you away from the Lord your God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt and redeemed you out of the house of bondage to thrust thee out of the way, uh, which the Lord thy God commanded thee to walk in. So shall... Uh, Thou uh, put the evil away from the midst of thee. Uh, and he goes in even in the greater detail there as you read through the context. But you see here, uh, it wasn't just that you're going to give these prophecies and, and maybe uh, you might be right concerning this prophecy that you give. Uh, I get a hundred, maybe I'm a 90% uh, accuracy in my prophecies. No, you're, you're supposed to be 100% correct in the, the prophecies that you're given. And what is the importance of this? You're speaking as from God and saying that these words came from God and people are following these things. There's a little bit of a, uh, an importance that was placed on that. And if you weren't right, uh, there, there's consequences that came with it. And so prophets, prophets were tested and found uh, to be false and they were punished. Go with me over to Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 20. We see this a little bit further. And why do we say this? Because now we have the word of God. There's not as much of a need uh, for someone, a person to tell us what God is saying about the future. Now, you have the, the gift of pastor teacher where we're bringing light or clarifying what the word of God says. And you're able to take that and match it against something. Right. Rather than just having our words be as from God. And so uh, it's, it's a little bit of a different thing here today. Um, and let's pick it up in, yeah, we'll just read from verse 18. It says, uh, I will raise them up a prophet, uh, from among their brethren, like unto thee, and will put my words in his mouth and he shall speak unto them all that I shall, uh, command him. 
And it shall come to pass that whosoever will not hearken unto my words, uh, which he spake or shall speak in my name, I will require it of him. But the prophet which shall uh, presume to speak a word in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or that shall speak in the name of an other gods, even that prophet shall die. And so you don't see uh, great words. I think the first prophet he's talking about was the Lord there um, in the time when he comes. But the second prophet and the false prophets that we see uh, among the nation shall be put to death if they speak the wrong words. Uh, in verse five, we could also see that prophecies concerning uh, a prophet to come were pointing to Jesus. And so I think, again, that's what we saw in verse 18. Uh, but as we go on, uh, prophetic fulfillments that we also see in Scripture prior to grace uh, in the New Testament. And so as we're looking through the gospel, uh, you should see a lot of uh, things that were prophesied in the Old Testament that either came to pass or were partially fulfilled. We also see some of those as we uh, go over into the book of Acts, but we won't uh, specifically focus on those. Uh, but over in first uh, Matthew 1, uh, 22, we see that the purpose and manner of the incarnation of, uh, of Scripture was a fulfillment of prophecy. And so as we look at the actual coming of the Lord, it was prophesied and it happened. Matthew one twenty two. I meant to go back and find these uh, Old Testament <laughs> prophecies and I forgot to do that. But if you guys have certain Bibles, it does have it in your uh, notes there. So Matthew one twenty two, and let's pick it up at uh, verse 20. Well, let's go back to verse 18. He says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, uh, was minded to put her away privately. <laughs> now, there's... They they make things sound a lot better. Someone was talking about this when he, in the Old Testament when it says that children were passed through the fire. They they dress things up and make them look a lot cleaner than what they are in Scripture sometimes, right, in the translation of Scripture. What was meant by passing through the fire where they were burning their children alive as a sacrifice to false gods. What is meant by here by making a public example is a wife that was found or someone that was even engaged to another man that was found to have been in an affair with another man could be stoned to death. And so he wasn't willing for this thing to happen to her. And this shows you the heart of this man, Joseph, and, and the heart he had for her as a person. In verse 20, but while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord, really not here the angel, but an angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee thy wife, for that that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And really, you're, you're, you could say that thing uh, which is being conceived. Uh, and he uh, shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now, all this was done uh, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken, spoken of the Lord 
by the prophet Isaiah, and I actually have a note here, Isaiah uh, 7, 4, or 14. Behold, a virgin shall, come, or shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God is with us. And so you see Joseph again there uh, rises from his sleep and uh, follows the words of the angels. But this was a fulfillment of, of prophecy here uh, concerning the Lord. Now, over in Matthew uh, chapter two and verse 15, we see the prophecy that the Messiah would be called out of Egypt over in um, the second chapter of Matthew. And so all of these things happen uh, with reference to them trying to kill these children and them having to flee to Egypt so that uh, prophecy uh, could be fulfilled. Now, on a lot of these things, you wonder uh, which way was it? Was it uh, that God and, and I would say probably it is this way that God made this prophecy knowing this was what was going to happen or spoke through these prophets uh, to be able to do this. And you see, uh, again, him going to Egypt. But pick it up in verse 13. Oh, let's go back a little bit further because he, he had to warn him to to flee here. Let's pick it up at the beginning of the chapter, verse one. Uh, he says, now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came a uh, came wise men from the east, saying, "Where is that? Where is that? Where, where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him." When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. And so here you see another <laughs> fulfillment in verse 6. He says, And thou, uh, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah. For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had uh, privately called, uh, called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent uh, them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. And yes, I'm sure that was the purpose of why he wanted him to come. In verse 9 it says, When they had uh, heard that the king, when they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceeding, uh, with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child uh, with his mother uh, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold uh, and frankincense and myrrh. Uh, and being warned of God in a dream, they should not return to Herod. They departed uh, into their own country another way. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt and be thou there until I bring uh, thee word for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt and uh, was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, 
which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. And so uh, you might have wrote, read that if you uh, had gotten that prophecy or seen it in the Old Testament and thought, oh, maybe he's going to be <laughs> out of Egypt uh, uh, in some way. Maybe he was born in Egypt. Well, that wouldn't jive with the other prophecies that you saw. So here you see the reason that it's stated that he would come out of Egypt uh, in prophecy. Um, also over in uh, Matthew chapter 8 and verse 17, we see the Lord uh, prophesied to uh, take the weaknesses of the people. Matthew chapter 8 and verse 17. Let's pick it up in verse 14. <clears throat> and it says there, And when Jesus was coming into Peter's house, he saw uh, his wife's mother laid uh, and sick of a fever. And he touched her, and the fever left her, and she arose and ministered unto them. When the uh, even was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his words. And he healed all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself took our infirmities, uh, this idea of uh, physical weaknesses, and bear uh, our sicknesses or, or this idea of uh, illnesses. Uh, I believe here speaking of uh, mental, um, I didn't look that word up, but uh, you see this uh, prophecy being fulfilled here as well. Now, over in Matthew chapter 27 and verse 35, and you can cross-reference uh, John chapter 19 and, and verse 24, we see it was prophesied that the Lord's garments uh, would be wagered for after he died. And we see this uh, actually come to pass. Now, when I was a kid and reading a lot of these verses and you see uh, these Old Testament prophecies that came, you wonder... They saw these things and they knew scripture. Well, why, why didn't they believe at that point when they saw these things? And you understand that it's um, all a part of being enlightened to scripture. Uh, and you see these people that, that now I know the Bible and I've read the Bible backward and forward. And they could probably quote your verses better than I could. But they have no idea of what's contained in those scriptures because it's a, a bigger thing than just words. Right. There's power and meaning behind each one of these words that are written uh, in Scripture. And you see a lot of people not able to to uh, come to a true understanding, even though they know the text. Uh, but pick it up in verse twenty nine. It says, and when they had plated uh, a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and a reed in his right hand. And they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, hell, king of the Jews. And they spit upon him and took the reed and smote him on the head. And after that they had mocked him, they took the robe off him and put his own raiment on him and led him away to crucify him. And as they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, uh, Simon by name. Him they compelled to bear his cross. And when they had uh, they were come unto a place called Golgotha, that is to say, a place of the skull, they gave him vinegar to drink mingled with gall. And when, they had when he had tasted thereof, he would not drink. And they crucified him and parted his garments, casting lots, uh, that it might be fulfilled, 
which was spoken uh, by the prophet, they parted my garments among them, and upon my vesture did they cast lots. And sitting down, um, they watched him there uh, and set over his head an accusation. This is Jesus, the king of the Jews. Uh, and so it goes on there. But you see this um, this uh, almost betting that they were doing for his garments. Uh, and so what they did with those, who knows, there's a lot of uh, mysterious theories about, about his, his garments and different things that uh, 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 came from that out in, in the world. But, uh, oh, did you? For sure, it's worth a lot of money. <laughs> Uh, but you see that there of fulfillment of, of prophecy as well. Now, prophets were customarily killed uh, by Israel due to disobedience of the nation uh, and refusal to heed God's words. Now, it's funny. Uh, we just looked at the Old Testament and, and when they were supposed to actually kill prophets. Right. Not not for giving you the word that was accurate, but for giving you the word that was inaccurate. What were they doing? They were oppositely killing people that were giving them the right word from God. And they did it over and over and over again. And we see this uh, all throughout scripture. Uh, so in uh, Matthew chapter 23 and verse 35, uh, as well as Luke eleven fifty, we see the blood of all the slain prophets was upon the same kind of people uh, existing during the time of the Lord. And go back with me to Matthew 23 and verse 35. I don't think he's saying here uh, this word for generation can be used in a lot of different ways. Uh, it can be used as uh, related to kind, uh, genetically a kind of people. It can be used uh, as a kind of people uh, as well, uh, meaning kind of a type of people uh, as well. And I think that's more how it's used here today uh, as you're or in this context, as you look at these people. Uh, they were a kind of people that were disobedient, uh, and I think that's how he's using it here. But let me see where I should get a run. He's really excoriating uh, Israel here, and it's hard for me not to come here and go through the whole, <laughs> the whole thing because he really reads them the riot act, not the whole nation, but just these the leadership mostly. Uh, pick it up in verse twenty-eight. He says, even so, you are also outwardly uh, appear righteous unto men, but within you are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. Uh, this word for iniquity here is our, our word for lawlessness. And so they're compelling other people to obey the law, but they don't even follow the law correctly themselves. Uh, and so they're hypocrites. In verse 29, woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you build the tombs of the prophets and garnish the sepulchers of the righteous. And say, if we had been in the days of our fathers, we would not have been partakers with them in the blood of the prophets. Now, this is an interesting thing they're saying here. We wouldn't have been partakers of the blood of the prophets. And you're going to kill the chief of the prophets that come to you. Uh, in verse 31, wherefore you being uh, be witnesses unto yourselves that you are the children of them which killed the prophets. Fill uh, ye up then the measure of your fathers, you serpents, you generation of vipers. How can you escape the damnation of hell? Wherefore, behold, I send unto you prophets and wise men and scribes, and some of them you will kill and crucify, and some of them shall you scourge in your synagogues and persecute them from city to city, that upon 
you may come all the righteous blood shed upon the earth from the blood of righteous Abel unto the blood of Zacharias, son of Barachias, Barachias, excuse me, whom you slew between the temple and the altar. Verily I say unto you, all these things shall come upon this generation. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, that killest, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which were sent unto you. How often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and you would not, or you didn't desire it. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. For I, I say unto you, you shall not see me henceforth until you shall say, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. And if you read through this whole chapter, uh, as I read through it many times, you almost get the, the hairs of your <laughs> arms stand up on end with what he's saying to them here. Uh, people who he came to, who God came to save, who he chose out from all of the other nations to be ones that were saved among and, and to be an example to the rest of the nations. This is who killed every single person that he sent to them to testify of himself. And they're going to do it again. And not only are they going to do it with him, he says, I'm going to send more prophets to you and you're going to kill them as well. And do we see this come to pass as we come into the book of Acts? And you see over and over again from the blood of Stephen, from the beatings of, of Peter, from the beatings of Paul, they do it over and over and over again. Uh, and so just an amazing blindness <laughs> that's uh, been allowed to come to Israel. Uh, we also see over in uh, Luke chapter 13 and verse 34, the Lord laments the customary killing of the prophets by Jerusalem uh, here as well. Luke chapter 13 and verse 34. And we'll pick it up in verse 31. He says there the same day uh, there came certain of the uh, Pharisees saying unto him, get thee out and depart hence for Herod will kill thee. And he said unto them, go ye and tell the fox, behold, I cast out devils and do cures uh, uh, today and tomorrow. And the third day I shall be perfected. Nevertheless, I must walk to the, today and tomorrow and the day uh, following, for it cannot be a prophet perish of Jerusalem. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, which killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee. How often would I have gathered thee or gathered thy children together as a hen uh, doth gather her brood under her wings and you would not behold your uh, house is left unto you desolate. Um, and verily, verily, I say unto you, you shall not see me again until the time come when you shall say, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Now, he's looking out here into the future. Uh, and so when is the time that Israel as a nation is going to say, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord? At the end of the tribulation period. So remember, uh, this is the whole purpose of the tribulation period is to bring Jerusalem or the Jews back to himself. And so as a nation at the end of the tribulation period and going into the millennial kingdom, 
you're going to have all saved Jews on the face of the earth and all ones that understand that this is the Messiah which was promised uh, to the nation Israel. And so we see that. I alluded to a second ago that in Acts uh, chapter 7, we start to see uh, the persecution of these. And really before this, you see some of the beatings of, of the apostles. But here you see the first uh, martyrdom of Stephen over in Acts chapter 7 and verse 52. But it's interesting in the midst of, of Stephen talking about this, he says something very similar to what we just saw the Lord say concerning the Jews. Now, what do they do? God sends prophets to them to testify of himself, and they kill the prophets over and over again. Um, and let's pick this up in, let's pick it up in verse 40, because the attitude started <clears throat> right after God uh, brought the, these uh, Jews out of Egypt. And so remember, uh, these people were a, a hardened people. They were disobedient. They did not want to listen. And they had, were forced to go around and around in the, the uh, wilderness because of this. Uh, but you see it in verse 40 saying unto, them, uh, unto Aaron. Uh, and remember, this is when Moses is up in the mountain. They're left down there with Aaron uh, as their leader. He says, make unto us uh, to go make unto us gods to go before us. For as for this Moses which brought us out of the land of Egypt, we want not what has become of him. We don't have any idea where he is. And so we're going to find us gods to worship. In verse 41, and they made a calf in those days and offered sacrifice unto the idol and rejoiced in their wor the works of their hands. Then God turned and gave uh, them up to worship the hosts of the heaven. As it is written of the prophets, O ye house of Israel, have you offered to me slain beasts and sacrifices by the space of 40 years in the wilderness? Yea, you took up the tabernacle of Moloch and the star of your God, Rimfin, figures which you made to worship them. And I will carry you away beyond Babylon. Our fathers had the, uh, the tabernacle of witness in the wilderness uh, as he had appointed speaking Unto Moses that he had uh, or he should make it according to the fashion that he had seen. Now, remember here, they're carrying this uh, Ark of the Covenant, which is a figure of what's in heaven. And so as you look at this Ark of the Covenant, it had two cherubims on either side made of solid gold that were uh, uh, withholding the glory of the Lord in between that uh, those two cherubim and this thing that they carried around out in the desert or in the wilderness uh, with them. Uh, in verse 45, it says, which also our fathers uh, that came after brought in uh, with Jesus into the possession of the Gentiles, whom God drave out before uh, the face of our fathers unto the days of David, who found favor before God and desired to find a tabernacle for the God of Jacob. But Solomon built him in house. Howbeit the high most high dwelleth not in temples made with hands, as saith the, the prophet Heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. What house will you build me, saith the Lord? Uh, or what is the place of my rest? Uh, hath not my hands made all things or all these things? And so, uh, again, as you look back at it, uh, David desired to make God a temple or a place where he could go and meet with God to worship him. And God said, I'm too big for that. <laughs> but he did allow for, for Solomon eventually to build this temple in place of worship. In verse 51, he says, you stiff-necked 
and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you do always resist the Holy Spirit, as your fathers did, so do you. Which of the prophets have you not, uh, or excuse me, which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? And they have slain them which showed before the coming of the just one, of whom you are, uh, have now been betrayers and murderers. And so not only was it prophesied that they were going to do this thing, they actually went and carried it out. And their fathers killed the prophets that told that this thing was going to happen. And so, uh, again, fulfillment of, of prophecy. And you see uh, uh, how prophets are treated in verse 53. Uh who he received, uh, who have received the law by the disposition of angels, and have not kept it. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart and gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Spirit, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing not on but out from the right hand of God. Now, as as I think about this and contemplate this, I'm thinking Stephen knew exactly was about what was about to happen. Now, you don't just go in saying these things that he said to the Jews, not knowing that there were going to be consequences. Right. And he called the blood of the, their fathers and the fathers of these uh, prophets upon their heads. And he knew what was going to happen. But he was resolute to say what God led him to say, even unto death. And you see that the Lord is standing out from the right hand, ready to receive him. Now, we often talk about how did these apostles and these people of the Bible make it through these situations that we know must have been painful and difficult. And I think it's by the power of the Holy Spirit and it's by the power of God. You see, uh, again, I think there was something in this with the Lord standing out from his right hand that that's emphasized uh, there to receive him. And so immediately after that, uh, then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears like little children and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at the young man's feet, whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, uh, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And they kneeled down and cried uh, or he kneeled down, excuse me, and cried with a loud voice. Uh, Lord, lay not this sin uh, to their charge. And when he had uh, said this, he fell asleep. And so uh, not only did they uh, or were they responsible for the killing of the prophets, they're responsible for the killing of the person that told them they were responsible for the killing of the prophets. And we see this here. Uh, we'll come back next week and finish this part of, of the prophets off and look at uh, the prophets pointing to things to come under grace. And so there uh, are a couple of instances uh, that we see the prophets uh, speaking of things that were going to happen under grace. Uh, and then we'll get into some of the activity of the prophets uh, under grace as well. And so with that, let's bow in a word of prayer and we'll close. Uh, Father, we're grateful for this day and uh, grateful uh, again that you've given us what you desire for us to know from your word. And you've given us enough to be able to live out these lives in the way that you desire of us. And it would be a, a terrible thing if we'd been given uh, a, a desire from you, but no ability to accomplish it. But you've given us not only what you desire from us, but the means uh, and the ability to accomplish it as well. So we pray that uh, as we're living out these lives, that our, our minds and eyes will be open to uh, those things that you desire from us and the leading of your Holy Spirit, that we might be 
ones that are glorifying you through all of our acts and actions. Uh, We pray this all in your son's name. Amen.